You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Wednesday, January 9th, 2013. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life is a Human online magazine. Life is a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Outwitting dogs. A rant. There are a few facts I'd like to lay out about dogs. First, the brain of the average sized dog is about the size of a lemon. In a dog's brain, the cerebral cortex, that part of the brain responsible for higher order thinking and pattern recognition, makes up a significantly smaller portion than it does in the human brain. Science has determined that the smartest of trained dogs reaches the intellectual capacity roughly equivalent to a two- or three-year-old human child. We also know that while dogs can learn to associate words with behaviors, they have no capacity for understanding syntax and complex sentence structures. And dogs learn by trial and error, not by reasoning out solutions, which is why they are poor problem solvers. Add to all of this that dogs are working with different sensory organs and have different biological priorities, and it isn't difficult to see why we humans are sometimes perplexed by them. If humans were just perplexed by dogs and tried to understand them, I suppose that would be fine. But that's not the way it goes. We make stuff up about dogs. 
stuff that can't possibly be true, stuff that pretends to be heroic, stuff that pretends to be clever, stuff that, when we break it down in light of science, just seems rather silly, and it doesn't do the dogs or the humans much credit. Someone posted a clever quote to Facebook recently. It went something like, I just spent 10 minutes watching my dog chase its tail and I thought, how easily entertained. And then I realized I just spent 10 minutes watching my dog chase its tail. Yes, with our big giant brains, we humans are oh so smart enough to outclever our lemon brain dogs. What an achievement. Think I'm kidding? Consider the following. I'm sure all of us has either done this or seen someone who has. A dog who loves chasing a ball is happily retrieving a ball being thrown for it. At some point, a clever human makes a throwing motion, but does not let go of the ball and tucks it behind his or her back. The dog runs off after, well, nothing. And hilarity ensues. Everyone has a good chuckle at the stupid dog who didn't realize the ball wasn't thrown. Never mind that the dog has been patterned by possibly hundreds of actual throws, and that the dog's eyesight works very differently from our own human eyesight. And this is to say nothing of the fact that dogs just aren't wired to watch for deception on the part of humans. Exactly how clever do you need to be to fool a dog? Not very. You can substitute the tug toy hidden behind the back or under the arm, or even the sleight-of-hand tricks people do with dog treats and cookies. What exactly are we trying to prove? We have bred these animals to trust us for everything. Why would we go out of our way to fool them just for our own amusement? And even if we do manage to fool them, why exactly is that amusing to us? It's a head-scratcher for sure. A video circulated recently on Facebook of a famous TV dog trainer squaring off against an allegedly aggressive dog. As I watched this three-minute video, I was absolutely stunned by the confrontation that had been set up. Here was a full-grown man, armed with no weapons and no protection, facing off against that most deadly of species, the Labrador Retriever. As I watched the video with my mother-in-law, she remarked, Why doesn't he just back off? Even she could see the dog trying to defuse the situation, and the trainer was ignoring every sign the dog was giving off. When the dog eventually could find no other recourse, it lashed out and bit the trainer's hand. Incredibly, the trainer is heard to say, I didn't see that coming. Really? My mother-in-law did, and she's not a professional with a TV show. It's an extreme case, but it's not uncommon. Confrontations like this go on every day. The myth that dogs are in some kind of struggle with us for dominance of the household has set up all manner of unnecessary conflicts between dogs and their owners. Many of those conflicts result in dogs being turned over to shelters, and many of them are destroyed. The irony here is that with our big brains, we supposedly have been selectively breeding dogs for centuries to get the most tame, most compatible companion animals that we can. How is it exactly that we end up putting these animals in situations where we have to prove our dominance over them? Exactly what does it take for us to feel superior to a dog? I look at prong collars and shock collars and think, well, I guess it's easier than taking the time to train the dog. How is it that with our superior intellect, the best some of us can come up with to get our dogs to cooperate is pain, fear, and intimidation? And there's more to this than just how some people treat dogs. The heroic swagger of some who champion force training and dominance is just astonishing to me. They talk about their mastery over dogs as if it is some sort of lofty accomplishment. 
They can get dogs to comply with unquestioned obedience through their methods. So what? People have been doing that with people for centuries. Dogs were bred to do our bidding. How crafty do you need to be to intimidate a dog, an animal whose survival is dependent on humans for food, water, and shelter? Every time I hear someone utter the phrase, stupid dog, I can't help but shake my head. Dogs are plenty smart, smarter than most people give them credit for. My dogs know when they get to go with me for an outing just by the shoes I put on or the jacket I grab. And yet people like to characterize dogs as stupid even while they are outsmarted by them every day. How many times have I watched a TV dog trainer with an owner who is at their wit's end trying to cope with their dog? She's really just taking over my house, a housewife will exclaim about her seven-pound toy poodle. Really? Taking over the house? And rather than slap the owner with the cold reality that it is the owner and not the dog that is allowing the situation to get out of control, the trainer continues the delusion. The hapless owner is given a list of tasks to gain control over the dog, to bring them back in line. But isn't it the owner who has to get her priorities together? Stupid dog or stupid owner? Your dog isn't deciding when mealtimes are. Sure, she's giving you the big eyes, but you don't have to cave in. The owner has the thumbs and the access to the food and the water. The owner decides when and how things get done. Blaming the stupid dog for successfully manipulating you is, well, stupid. Own up to the responsibility of being a dog owner and set the rules and then stick with them. Your dog will cooperate. It's what he was bred to do and all he needs is to be taught and encouraged to do things your way. The next time you see someone faking a throw for a dog or jerking up on a leash attached to a prong collar, perhaps spare a moment for the poor dog who is woefully disadvantaged in that intellectual showdown with their human. People will continue to think it's funny to fool the dog. They will continue to be proud of the fact that they can bully their dog into doing whatever they demand. They may even tell you that you need to show your dog who's boss in your house. And there will always be those who just can't control their dog because they claim that it's the dog in control. But it doesn't have to be that way. There is information out there. There are smart people training smart dogs. There are books filled with real information about dogs. The first step is admitting that we don't know everything. The second step is being willing to do things differently. Eventually, I hope we can acknowledge the unique intelligence of our dogs as different as it is from our own. While dogs do not have the cognitive ability to understand respect, we humans do. And I think it's about time we showed the appropriate respect for an animal who puts up with so much from our species. I think they've earned it. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. Teaching Dogs Effective Learning is the second Canine Nation ebook to be released. It is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine on how we train and teach our dogs and what we can learn in the process. The book includes introductory notes for each essay, as well as two essays written specifically for this book. Also available is the first Canine Nation ebook, Dogs as They Are, a look at what our dogs are, where they have come from, and how they adapt to our lives. Both books are available in the Canine Nation store in Kindle format 
EPUB format for iPads, Kobo, Nook, and other e-readers, or a special PDF edition formatted for instructors that includes licensing for reprints for students. Just go to caninenation.ca and click on the store link at the top of the page. You can also find Canine Nation eBooks in the Amazon store, on Apple iTunes, at booktango.com, and other online booksellers. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.